Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. Often, God of the Old Testament and New Testament are described quite differently. For example, God in the Old Testament is described as vengeful versus the New Testament God who is more loving. How do we reconcile this and understand that this is the same God when they are so often described and understood differently? In this week's message of the week, we begin a worship series titled Living Our Questions. We will be hearing sermons answering some hard questions we may not normally ask others. This week, we hear from Pastor Bryce Blank, who shares from Romans 5 and sheds some light on the question, is this really the same God? Here is the First Church Message of the Week. Will you please pray with me? Awesome God, as we hear your word proclaimed in scripture today, we ask you to help us be open to you. Help us to hear what we might need to hear, to see what perspective we might need to see, and to be encouraged to respond with action in our world. In this we pray. Amen. So when we engage with the Bible, we might not always come away with understanding what we've heard or what we've read. Maybe we have heard someone read the Bible to us and we just think, I don't even know what language you are speaking. I don't understand any of it. Or maybe we might read something and say, this, did the writer of this passage even know English grammar? Well, that's because the Bible is sometimes hard to understand. And in the book of Ephesians, we have the longest sentence in all of Scripture. You want to know how many verses it lasts? 14. 14 verses, one sentence. You might read that and say, oh my gosh, does this thing never end? I lost track of what the point of this sentence was way from the beginning. Whether we are engaging with Scripture, reading it, or hearing it verbally, sometimes it's hard to understand. Similarly, when we are participating in the life of the church with those around us, whether that's in a small group or here in worship or with the children's or youth ministry, wherever it is we might interact with those around us, sometimes we don't always understand why we do what we do. Now, maybe we do something and we really don't know what's going on, but at the same time, nobody else around us is questioning it. So we might not feel comfortable asking why it is we're doing what we're doing. And the same can come with reading scripture, that those around us might understand very clearly what is being read or, or might act like it anyway. And we feel that if we were to admit that we didn't know what was going on, we might feel in some way less than. And so we might then just keep it to ourselves. Well, there are plenty of instances in reading scripture and in participating in the life of church that we have questions and for whatever reason, one way or the other, we don't ask them. And most of the questions that we ask ourselves probably have to do with the intersection between faith and living it out or what we experience in the world, where we might live into a situation and realize what I have assumed about the Bible, about my faith, or what I have thought doesn't fit. It doesn't match. So how do I make these two things 
uh, come together? Or how do I, as a Christian, live into these two separate things going forward? And if we don't answer those type of questions that are often very hard for us to, to reconcile, it might eat away at us after time. We might kind of feel a sense of being lost because we can't come to an understanding. Over the past month, Pastor Jen has been collecting questions from our congregation. And after looking over these questions, I can definitely say there are some really hard ones in there, but they all come from a place of truth where, where they come from needing an answer based on how we live our lives, what we've experienced, and what we have been taught or what we read. And I first want to take a moment to... Uh, applaud those who submitted questions and to just state that even if you didn't submit a question, there is never a bad place or time to ask questions about our faith. That even if you feel like you were the only one asking that question or that you're the only one who doesn't understand what you're reading or what we're experiencing or why we do what we do, that you're probably not alone. There are others feeling and thinking the same things, but might also not feel comfortable saying them. So, Thank you for always asking questions and be encouraged to continue asking, especially the hard questions. Now, the question that we are going to tackle today, we're going to address several questions over the next weeks of our series. But the question we're going to ask ourselves today is, is this really the same God? And that question comes about when we compare the God described in the Old Testament versus God described in the New Testament. We might see how God acts or is described and think, is this really the same God? Are these the same God or are these two separate gods? How do we continue forward with two different understandings or descriptions of God that we read about? And admittedly, that has some pretty serious implications depending on where we fall on that answer. Back in the first century, a guy named Marcion looked at the God described in the Old Testament, and he had just experienced Jesus and had heard from followers of Jesus how God was talked about by him. And seeing those two differences, he thought about this for a while, did uh, did a lot of of, uh, discerning, and came up with the solution that really there are two separate gods being described here. The first, the God of the Old Testament is a God of creation, a God of the Jewish people, but also a God full of wrath and judgment. And the God that Jesus talks about, the God that Jesus reveals to us is a God of love, a God of hope and mercy and compassion. And that those are two separate beings or entities. Now, the people of Marcion's time largely rejected his proposition. And we as Christians uh, today, uh, largely, and especially in the Methodist church, we, we agree on that there is one God throughout all time. And that includes the two different descriptions that we get at times from the Old and New Testaments. So then if that is the case, if we agree that there is one God, then we still have to reconcile the differences that we read and understand in the different Old and New Testaments. How can God be described and understood so drastically different? Well, before we go further, I want to point out that this God of the Old Testament and the the God described in the New Testament are actually described more often than not 
in a similar fashion, even if it doesn't feel like that. That God in the Old Testament is described with words like compassion and gracious and slow to anger and abounding in love. So they're actually much more similar than we might initially think. But often, when we talk about God or we see God described in the Old Testament, those, those, those words that are, or characteristics of wrath and judgment or doom and gloom characteristics, you might say, kind of overshadow those more positive uh, ones that we experience and see when God's described in the New Testament. And so today we are going to dive into Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 11, to hopefully get some kind of discernment and answers about how to reconcile these two differences. So I invite you to follow along with me on the screens as we read together from Romans. While we were still weak, at the right moment, Christ died for ungodly people. It isn't often that someone will die for a righteous person, though maybe someone might dare to die for a good person. But God shows his love for us. Because while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So now that we have been made righteous by his blood, we can be even more certain that we will be saved from God's wrath through him. If we were reconciled to God through the death of his son while we were still enemies, now that we've been reconciled, how much more certain is it that we will be saved by his life? And not only that, we even take pride in God through our Lord Jesus Christ the one through whom we now have a restored relationship with God. So this passage written by the Apostle Paul in the, in the book of Romans shares with us a few things. The first being something that we declare uh, every time we celebrate communion, which we will do uh, later on in our service. And that is that Jesus died for us while we were yet sinners. We recognize that we have all failed at some time or another, that we have all turned away from God. We've all fallen short of showing God's love to others. But despite our imperfections, Jesus still died for us. And that proves God's love for us. That God would have sent his only son to save a people who were still actively rejecting him as we still do today. So that's the first thing we find in this patch. The second is that even though we have a failed relationship with God, over and over, that relationship has been restored through Jesus. Now, the people of the Old Testament were living without the advantage of knowing Jesus. They tried to restore that broken relationship with God through a lot of different ways, through sacrifices, through offerings, through these kings that they put forth that eventually failed and they always came up short. They could never restore what was broken, that separation between them and God. And that's why Jesus came to reveal the love of God and who God is to the world. That we might know God's love for us and have a chance to heal that relationship. But it only comes through Jesus. Now I have an illustration to share with us to help describe or show what it means to live in God's love and how we might see God described so differently. So I'm going to light this candle here. 
The candle and the light represent God and God's love for us. Now, right now, you probably can see it all right. I can see it pretty well because I'm close. And if this is God and God's love, we see and feel God's presence. But what happens when we become farther away from God or farther away from God's love? The light is probably a little harder to see, especially from those way in the back. The farther we are away from God, the less able we are to see and know God's love. But the question is, even though we change in relationship to God and God's love, does God or that love change? No. God's love for us remains constant. God remains constant, even if we are far away. When we're close, it might be easy for us to experience, to feel, and to see God all around us. We might feel those characteristics of love so much more. But when we're farther away, the picture that we get of God might feel a little different, even if God hasn't changed. This example illustrates to us perspective and how important perspective is. Those in the Old Testament didn't know the love of God revealed to them through Jesus Christ. Did God still love them? Yes, absolutely. But their perspective was different. Those who lived and were or those who lived in the time of the Old Testament depicted God much differently than those who knew God because of Jesus in the new. And just like we don't blame early humans for not knowing that adequate hydration and sleep go a long way when we're feeling sick, we don't blame early humanity for viewing God as more wrathful because they didn't know of God's love revealed in Jesus. Like a parent disciplining a child out of love. Perception means a world of difference because if you ask the child being disciplined, they might say that their parent is being mean or, or going way over the top, that it's unwarranted what they are experiencing. But if you ask the parent, they might have so much love for their child that they know if I want my child to be successful, I have to teach them that consequences have actions in our world. And so love is viewed totally differently from the receiver at times, just as our relationship looks different to God at times. It is still from the same source. Perspective matters. And the same applies to our God who remains constant regardless of how much we might change. Now, I love questions like that that we are addressing today about how to reconcile, how to live with the two different ways God is described in the Old and New Testament, because they ultimately help us know and learn about God better. But it also helps us to acknowledge the constant presence of our God, even depicted differently. And so we might be having, as I mentioned in our children's message, the worst week of our lives. And we might be having the best week of our lives. 
but God is still there and God is still the same for us regardless. The same God that was there with Abraham and Sarah in the earliest of days, with Noah, with Moses, with Elijah, with Ruth, with Esther, with all of the characters that we read about in the Old Testament. And God was there with Jesus when he was on the cross. And God was there with Paul and with Peter and with all of the early Christians as they figured out how to be and live into what Jesus had shown them as a church. And God is still with us even today in 2024. And that God is the same. And that is something that we can rejoice for. Because Jesus, the God with us, has restored our relationship with God. And just as Jesus revealed the love of God to all of humanity, we have the opportunity to turn and share the constant presence of God's love to others. Let us pray. Faithful God, you are with us in all the times of life on our highest of highs and our lowest of lows and everywhere in between. And we describe you in so many different ways, God. But regardless of what we are going through or how we read about you or view you, ultimately, what matters is that you are with us and your love and your presence remains the same. So help us to feel that today and any day that we are feeling farther from you. Help us to remember what Jesus did for us and help us to respond by showing your love to the world. In this we pray, amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information like our church calendar, worship times, and upcoming events, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.